Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host. He's a star man waiting in the sky. He said he'd like to meet us, but thinks he'd blow our minds. It's Micah. Hey, I get that reference. <laughs> yeah. I get that reference. I feel like the uh, Captain America meme. See, I don't, I'm not. It's in the first Avengers movie where they make, you know, because they're, they're talking all this stuff. And, oh, and yeah. Captain America's just out of the ice and like just in modern day. And then they make a reference to Wizard of Oz. And, and he's like, like, I get that reference. I get that one, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, all Iron Man does is call things that they are not. Yeah, make that's, pop culture references. Yeah, and Captain that, America's like, like that's, his, from that's his humor. Yeah. 1940 or whatever. Yeah. Man, you know what would be really cool is if Zack Snyder directed a Marvel film. How do you feel that would work out? How do you feel about Zack Snyder? You know, he kind of bugs me a little bit. Does he? <laughs> Dude, just make a two-hour movie. <laughs> just, just make a two-hour movie. Like, I think we've talked, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but the thing that bugs me about the Snyder Cut of the Justice League, mm-hmm. it's obviously superior. It's very good. Yeah. But it's also four hours long. It is so, that, yes. So it's like, work within the parameters of a movie. <laughs> like, we'll give you three, we'll even give you three hours. Sure. But it's like, everybody's like, it's so good. Well, yeah, because it's not, it's not really a movie. It never would have actually came out that way. So it's, it's like revisionist history to be like, oh, it would have been so much better. It probably would have been better. I'll admit, because it's obviously a much better film, but also it's four hours long work within the parameters, dude. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder how much of that came from the people clamoring for a Snyder cut Uh and because that's essentially where it came from. Yeah, and they, they were, were probably just like, here, you get everything. Yeah, you want the Snyder Cut? I'll give you the Snyder <laughs> yeah, you Cut. Like, you're not ready for the Snyder Cut. And and we're talking about Rebel Moon today. And, like, same thing. They had they just cut it into two movies. Yeah. Because he can't just make a two-hour movie. And granted, I think this... I don't think you could have fit this whole story into... what You know, we'll talk more about it once we actually get into the show. Uh-huh. But, but that's kind of my feeling. What else has he done? He did the 300, right? He did 300. Okay, yep. so that's... Inc- that's Regardless of how people feel, that's like a cultural phenomenon. Oh, yeah, that movie's I, great. I, th- I think it's really good. It is a little bit of a cheesy action film. Yeah. But... I think it's I think that film's really good and I like the lady who plays um uh, she plays Leonidas's wife. Oh sure. It, it ends up being Cersei in uh Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Um but, Lena Headey is her name. Yeah, I think she's incredible in that as she is in like anything. Yeah, she's usually um, pretty good. Have you seen Dread? With It's been a while. Like the remake Dread Yeah, when movie? they remade Judge Dread, yeah. I'm pretty sure was, it's on Netflix right now. Oh yeah, cuz she I was think. the villain in that. Okay. I'm pretty sure that she was anyway. Yeah, I remember seeing that and like thinking it was okay. I don't uh, necessarily I, remember like loving it or whatever. Uh, I loved the original Judge Dredd though. As sure. a kid, that was like one of my movies. I mean, Stallone screaming, I am the law is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so good. <laughs> and the law. Yeah. Um, so Zack Snyder also did my personal favorite film that he's done is Watchmen. Okay, also incredible. Yeah, yeah. he did The Watchmen. Uh, he did Dawn of the Dead. 2004 horror action classic movie. Okay, yeah. Uh, he also did Man of Steel. 
the right. first Superman movie. I've with never Henry been Cavill. a huge Superman fan, so I know I've seen that. I yeah. don't remember feeling like one way or the other about it. Sure, he. I mean, he. Anything DC EU he's done. So, uh, Batman v Superman. You know what? I don't think he did Wonder Woman, so I, I have to recant that. But he did do Batman v Superman. He did the Justice League movie. I liked Batman v Superman. I know a, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't. Yeah. But I, I thought actually, it was fun. I actually kind of enjoyed it, and I liked... It felt a lot more like emotionally grounded than most other superhero movies do. Sure. Yeah, it wasn't without its flaws, but I, I did enjoy it. I, I, I think that's something he does kind of well. He takes like an action kind of world and mm-hmm. grounds it in like pretty human stories yeah i would i would tend to agree with that because the 300 same way i mean for what that movie is sure i think there's a lot of that movie is built around the character development of like leonidas actually dealing with uh this this huge burden that is like yeah <laughs> we're basically just sacrificing this, yeah, ourselves this certain um, impending doom and, and same thing with Watchmen, which i mean and that could be from the source material because that's certainly not like a standard comic book superhero movie yeah well that's definitely from the source material that book that comic book Watchmen, is a thick alan moore comic book yep. and alan moore was on the record saying that he was not a fan of the movie um they did make a change a pretty significant change from the movie to the comic at the end so Ozymandias mm-hmm. it turns out to be the villain yeah but he's doing it for the greater good type of thing and essentially sets up Dr. Manhattan to be this exploding cause that unites the world together yeah. through this mass death in the comic uh he essentially he doesn't use Dr. Manhattan he essentially opens up a portal to another dimension and this giant kaiju squid tentacle monster comes out yeah which they do in the movie right they kind of changed that so it does that does not happen in the movie oh they did it in the show i forgot they made a watchman show and that is in the watchman show oh is it really yeah okay i haven't seen the show it was only one season then i'm pretty sure it got canceled or something so yeah. i mean i saw that they were making it and i got really excited but mm-hmm. then i heard that it didn't have anything to do with the actual story of the watchman it was like post that well, or the maybe... giant kaiju squid getting just entered into their universe happens okay all right but it but i was told that it like it doesn't have to do with rorschach or dr manhattan or and... no it's like a sequel i think it takes place it takes place in like modern times yeah i didn't have any interest in that yeah. i i loved the 1980s like richard nixon third term president uh all of that stuff that's a great book the watchman is a fantastic book um, he also did Legends of the Guardians, which is that animated owl the movie. The Owls of Gahoo? Yeah. The... Yeah, that was Zack Snyder. Dude, I really, they do, that's a cool movie. Kenter and cool I movie. saw that in the theaters. Yeah. I don't even remember why. She was like, this seems neat. We're like, okay, and we went and saw it. Yeah. And yeah, like of the animated films, because I, uh, I haven't had a, you know, I just had a kid. Sure. But prior to that, like most animated movies that are like family oriented i kind of skip so i haven't seen a lot yeah. of the recent ones well and that one had a little bit of an edge to it like a yeah. little like a tinge yeah of... they, dude it's kind of a dark story they're like yeah. taking these owls prisoner and then they like brainwash them by making them stay up in the daytime and yeah. stuff it's it's some really dark stuff in there yeah no that's an awesome movie and it's it looks beautiful yeah. it's an incredibly animated film 
He's he's a very controversial director, though. A lot of people don't like him. I I mean, I makes sense. Yeah. Usually, if you have a really distinct style, you're gonna have people who love it and people who detract for sure. sure. Um, another movie that he did was Rebel Moon, specifically Rebel Moon Part One: A Child of Fire. Which yeah. is what we are discussing today. Yep, that's what we're going to discuss today. Yeah. So the uh, the Star Wars movie that could have been. That's that's my moniker for it. So do you think? Are we ready? Do we jump in and talk about Rebel Moon? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hey, folks! Make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or, if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep. I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D. POD at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right, crew. So today we're going to be talking about the film Rebel Moon. Uh, this is a 2023 brands. Well, actually, it's a year old now because we're in 2024. <laughs> it's, not, it's a month old. <laughs> it is from um, last year. Though. Yeah, it is from last year. It came out at the end of the year holiday season time. Um, this film was evidently pitched to Lucasfilms about being a Star Wars movie. Zack Snyder wanted to do it, and they looked at it and went, nah. And then Netflix was like, hey, Zack Snyder, we'll pay you to make this not Star Wars movie. And so he went to Netflix and made this movie. Um, it is has a runtime of two hours and 13 minutes, and it stars, I don't know who the main actress is, Sophia Butella. I don't know if I've seen her from anything else. Kendra, Kendra is a fan of her from something else she did. Let me see if I can find it. She was in Star Trek Beyond as Jyla. Okay. I don't, I don't know if that was a big um, film for uh, or like a big part in that film. Yeah. Uh, the Kingsman, The Secret Service. She played Gazelle, which I'm guessing is probably like some kind of femme fatale, uh, uh, double agent. Sure, type probably. Character. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, she was in the remake of The Mummy, though. That's what Kendra knew her from. She was in the recent remake of The Mummy. Like the one with Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, that's She not... played a character called <laughs> Amanet, which, I mean, let me see. I'm going to click on The Mummy real quick on IMDb. She is the second person listed, so she was probably like the... Sure. The romantic interest or like the second second lead in that. Okay. She was uh, in Hotel Artemis. That wasn't you a ever bad seen film. that? That was cool. Yeah, I that enjoyed cool. that one. That one was the one where the hotel was on uh, two different state lines, wasn't it? No. Uh, hotel Artemis is like, um, it was a, it's like a city and it's like a hotel where all the assassins go. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That's essentially yeah. Okay. like kind of their like safe haven where yes, they don't kill each other. I do and remember stuff. that. They have like a very strict set of rules. Yeah. Where, when did that come out? 2018. All right, so now I'm pretty I'm, sure that was was that a Netflix original? Uh, I don't think so, but now I've got to see. Set in riot torn near future Los Angeles, Hotel Artemis follows the nurses who run a secret members only emergency room for criminals. Okay, 
Uh, so. Oh yeah, because there's somebody in the hotel. It's like a who there's a huge hit out on, and everybody's coming to try and kill him. I believe. Yeah. I believe. And so they basically took the, um, the idea of the hotel from John Wick, the Continental or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. then just turned that into a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except it's specifically like a like uh like an emergency room. Basically. Sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, and everything. I mean, those are probably her biggest ones. Fahrenheit 451. Okay. Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. The, okay. The Charlie Theron film. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm kind of the same as though. I saw her and I was like, I don't recognize her from anything. Sure. Yeah. And then there's, uh, oh man, how do you spell this guy's name or pronounce it? It's Jimon Hansu. Demon or Demon Demon Hansu, um, you'd know him if you saw him. And he plays Korath in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's the dude with the stuff in his head. And uh, he's when Star Lord goes, "I'm Star Lord, man." At the beginning of the first one, he's the guy who goes, "Who?" Yeah, exactly. That's, that's his role. Yeah, he plays a wizard in Shazam and Black Adam. Oh, he does do that. Yep. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins uh, has a voiceover in this. Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy is in this. Yeah, he played the main character in Sons of Anarchy. Such a good show. He plays Jax in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. And I think, because he was in like a uh, a King Arthur remake from a couple years, I guess not a remake, but a King Arthur movie a couple years ago. Yeah, I think that was I, a Guy Ritchie I film. I don't know if he's actually English or not, because this is the second time he's doing a, he is. Is he English? He's was his, born in Newcastle, England. Well, his Irish accent in this movie. I'm um, just spoiler alert, folks. I don't know if you guys care about this, so just spoiler. His Irish accent was pretty bad in this to me. <laughs> I think it was pretty bad. I don't. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I genuinely thought he was an American. Yeah, like because of Sons of Anarchy. Sure. He was, uh, I had no idea he was English. I didn't, I, assumed, I didn't either. I assumed in the King Arthur movie he was doing a bad English accent. <laughs> That's just how he talks. He, he did have Sons of Anarchy <laughs> so long, he actually, now he just He just lost like his English accent. <laughs> yeah. He's got the American accent down packed. Um, and then the main uh, villain in this is Ed Screen. Screen? Yeah. Dude, I love him. I think he is a perfect bad guy. Dude, who's the... The guy in, have you seen The Shape of Water? Yes. Plays the bad guy in that. He has a, this line where he's like, there are two types of men in this world. You either, men who wash their hands before they pee or after they pee. I remember that line. I don't remember that character at all, but that line, I thought, that was one where I thought, what kind of a man am I? (laughs) (laughs) Like... Yeah. So him, but in any case, Ed Screen and this well, was Michael Shannon the one who who was the bad guy in Shape of Water. Do you have his picture pulled up? Yeah, Michael Shannon who played Zod in. Um. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's him. Okay. So I think he, just like a perfect villain, like he's so good at those roles. And this guy Ed Screen who plays the main uh, villain in this. Yeah. Same thing. I think he's just great at playing a villain. Yeah. He was uh, Ajax in the Deadpool movie. He was. And yeah, he's, so, like, he's the guy who's like, say my name. 
There's a movie from a couple of years ago. I don't know if you saw it, but it's probably my favorite movie from the last like 10 years. Okay. Alita Battle Angel. Nope. Have not seen it. What? I have not you seen You haven't it. seen Alita? Oh my God. Oh, Alita Battle Angel. Yes. Yes. With it's the girl about, with like, the big eyes. It's about like the little cyborg girl with the big yes. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he, he's in that. Okay. He's kind of like, they have these like hunters who, they're like bounty hunters. Sure. And he is the, he's one of the bounty hunters. He's a real dick. Okay. But. He does play a good villain in this. He plays that role great. Yeah. Yeah, so this movie was supposed to be a Star Wars film, and, well, it wasn't. It didn't turn into a Star Wars film. It turned into its own thing. So, maybe just general, let's start off, because I recommended this to you, Thor, when I knew that I wanted to see it, because any time that I hear that there might be a Star Wars film that actually isn't a Star Wars film, makes me go, oh, I want to watch that. Oh, so you hadn't seen this when you told me to watch it? No. Nope. Okay. Nope, because I, I mean, I had heard that it's Star Wars, Zack Snyder, and I think that sounds interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that I was going to watch it, um, and I think that we were talking about this movie previously, so I was like, let's check that out. Um, we we ran into an issue with the movie that I did recommend initially. I'm going to find it, though, so that we can recommend it, because it is something that I want to talk about on yeah. the show. But with this... Yeah, Thor, general thoughts and impressions. What's the overview for for you on Rebel Moon? There's a lot of... So, okay, I'm kind of medium on this movie. I'll, okay. I'll give you a heads up going into it. Sure. There are things that I really liked about this movie, uh-huh. and there, there are things that really bummed me out. Okay. Probably the biggest one that bummed me out was just like, it felt like... Oh, man, I don't even know. It kind of like felt disjointed because there's just they, he just tried to pack so much into this. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe because I believe this is a two part series. It is, like yeah. part two is coming out in April. Maybe yeah. a trilogy to get through all the content. OK, so that that's a possible because that's my I'm just going to start out with my biggest criticism of this. Sure. Is that it was a it felt a little hard to follow and a there was a lot of things that felt unimportant going on because they, they didn't really have room to breathe. Like, they're introducing a bunch of characters. They're right. basically doing a Ocean's Eleven style, like, build the team. Well, you know what they're doing. I mean, the, uh, okay, I'll let you finish. Go and, ahead. And they kind of rush through. And so all the characters that are getting added seem really interesting. Mm-hmm. They seem very interesting. But you only get these small segments where you really get to learn about their story. Sure. I'm assuming they're going to expand on those stories in the next film. I really hope they do. Cause I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential in the characters that are introduced and they seem interesting. And I want to know about them, Sure, but none of them really get their, their moment in the sun because there was so much to get through in this film. It feels like an accordion, like it just squished together Okay, where I feel like it needs more room to breathe. Okay. And I know I was criticizing Zack Snyder about making four hour long movies. (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, maybe this should have been a series. I don't know because like that's my biggest criticism of it. Sure. What I liked about it is visually, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And even though you can see 
like there are clearly elements where it's like this was meant to be in a Star Wars world. Mm -hmm. It still actually feels kind of like a unique sci-fi like universe within its own. It almost feels like Star Wars and Dune. Okay. Kind of had a baby like Star Wars and Dune and Game of Thrones all got together and they were like, it's kind of like the best of all those things kind of smashed together, which I kind which I really like. I think there's some really cool things going on in the universe. Yeah. So my biggest complaint is going to be that there is too much time spent on dumb shit that we didn't need to spend a whole lot of time on. Yeah. And not enough time spent on some of the more interesting like stuff I would have liked expansions on. Okay. I think that all of that is very fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, this might be a scenario where I might actually be lower on this film than you. Okay. I really want to like this movie. But as I'm watching it, I just can't. <laughs> Which really bums me out. So <clears throat> here's something maybe you didn't know. You're saying that you they could have had some extra time. To breathe the characters out, right? Uh-huh. Give them. So there is, are you ready for this? There's going to be a Snyder cut of this movie that comes out relatively soon. Okay. I think that it's going to come out before the sequel movie comes out, which is the Snyder cut. I'm doing air quotes here is going to be about three hours long. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what world we live in where Netflix <laughs> goes Hey, what a hilarious. Do you think this was a marketing technique? It probably was. So because they're like, hey, we want you to make your movie. All right. Like this is you. Zack Snyder wrote, produced, directed this film. It's all him. Okay. And then why does there need to be a Snyder cut? It's all him. Just like release a three hour movie if that's what you want to release. Yeah. Unless Netflix was like. Or break it into a mini series. Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't know if Netflix Kind of was like, okay, listen, Zack Snyder, we we don't want you to make a three-hour film. I, I don't know if they were like that. that's not even a... But, and also, that's not even that crazy of a thought. No. Like, people watch three-hour movies. Yeah. All right? Especially if it's in the comfort of their own home. Mm-hmm. It just... It doesn't make sense and, to and me. And if it's Zack Snyder, somebody who the world has said, we're willing to trust you to take us on a long ride in a movie. Yeah. Right? Like... So the fact that they released the movie... Dude, I didn't know that. I'm so pissed right now. I did not so, know this. It's so frustrating because all of your complaints about characters not having room to breathe is 100% accurate in this film. Yeah. There were so many characters that I wanted to like, but everything felt disjointed. Everything felt rushed to me. And, you know, if this movie was three hours long... Like, the first 30 minutes of the movie, yeah, you really, uh, the main character, Korra, sure. you really get to see, like, that that little village she's in. Yeah. You get, that gets the room that you want, where you really get to introduce the characters, you kind of get to learn their, their motivations and where they're coming from, and it does a really great job of kind of showing you where they're coming from yeah. in a natural way. The rest of the characters... You don't even know why they're picking them up. They don't even tell you why. They're just like, we're going to get these people <laughs> until they get caught by the bad guy. And then he does this this stupid dialogue point where he explains who they each are. Yeah. Where it's like, how about you just explain that to us? And then you didn't need this unnatural dialogue where he's <laughs> caught all these guys. And now yeah. he has to explain to them why they're important. 
Yeah, and and that was, I don't like when movies. We talked about this last week. I don't like when shows and movies treat me like I'm stupid. Yeah, and that's what that did. Is like we're just gonna put them together and then we'll explain it to you, you idiot. Like, well, oh my and, god. And I think that part of that was that seems like a decision made for time. Yeah, like there was a lot of things here where I felt like. They were trying to tell the audience, don't worry, these guys are awesome. Like, look how badass these people are. Look how much they care. Look how emotive they are. But because we'd never had any time to experience any of them, uh-huh. it just comes across as fake. It comes across as overacting. It, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. And the fact that there is a version of this that exists that's going to be coming out relatively soon, that's an hour longer, well, 45 minutes longer, that's really irritating to me. Am I going to watch it? Of course I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Because (laughs) it's probably better. Yeah. All right? But the movie as is right now, I don't, I honestly don't care for it. I think visually. Okay. No, we're kind of in the same place then. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Visually, I think it's very, very cool. But- there were a lot of things that I just I just did not care for. I I personally, I don't know how she does in other roles, but in this one, I did not think that Sofia Butella did a really great job. You know, I kind of had this moment where I laughed and I was like, because one of the biggest, I think this got cut out. Because, uh, folks, so the thing that we were initially going to talk about is like a Star Wars related thing. And me and Mike had a conversation which got cut out because we couldn't recommend it. Um, but we had this conversation where you you said that you think Lucas is great at world building yeah. and ho- really bad at um, dialogue and uh, direction yes. of actors. I would, yes. And so as I was watching this, I kind of laughed. And I was like, it kind of is a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, for that exact for that exact reason whereas like i think they're really interesting characters and i think for the most part they're portrayed kind of poorly between like a little like stiff acting and like kind of easy dialogue that's not yeah that that's not like super emotional and heartfelt yeah yeah, hundred percent. You know what? Maybe that's how Zack Snyder pitched it. He goes, "Look, <laughs> I know you guys like Star Wars films, and every trademark of a Star Wars film is this good world building. I've got it. Bad acting and bad dialogue. Yeah. I've got that idea too. And <laughs> maybe Lucasfilm was like, "Well, we're actually trying to get away from that." <laughs> <laughs> and then Netflix is like, "We'll take it. Yeah, give us all that." Uh, it's so irritating. Yeah, no. It's so irritating. Dude, can I tell you my biggest problem with this movie? Yeah, yeah. There's a like a ten minute scene of a guy taming a hippogriff. Yes. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Why does he and Yeah. And it and it has basically no but they're doing it the he's he's basically like a uh a uh, intergalactic Native American. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the only way I can describe. He's a, like he's an Indian guy, and you know what I mean. So, and like he's like some kind of prince or something. Yeah, and basically, you can tell kind of their whole vibe is they're a people of of living at one with nature. So he tames a hippogriff for this guy who he's indentured to. 
Can I just tell you how and stupid that, that whole plot and it was point a dumb was? scene? And the guy's like, "I love betting. If you can tame this thing, you can have it." And so he tames it, and they're getting on the ship, and then the thing just just kills the guy who just freed him, and he's like, "Good job." Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, wouldn't they just hunt you down and kill you immediately <laughs> because you? Well, okay. Here's the thing that I that made no sense to me. They show up. These random ass people show up. And they're like, hey, we want him. You need to come with us. And then his owner, I guess, or his whoever he's indentured to, this old man who's portly and very rude, obviously. Yeah, he's just, yeah, just kind of like a scumbag. Exactly. Yeah, he's like a Watto type of character. pretty much, yeah. yeah. So he's like, he's indentured to me for like, I don't know, 10 lifetimes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he, the person who has this indentured servant thinks of the idea to gamble for the training of this hippogriff, whatever this is, that is also under his ownership. Both of these things belong to him. (laughs) Okay. And so someone shows up and this guy who already has control of both of these things goes, I'll make you a deal. How about I lose somebody or I don't get this thing trained. How does that sound to you? What? Why would you bring that up? Like, why would that be something that anybody would ever think to do? It's, it's so, the dumbest it's narrative. So bad. It's so bad. It's, of the movie, it's probably the worst. Like, I hated that part so much. There are a lot of things in this movie I didn't like. Like I said, there are a lot of things I did like. I yeah. think there are a lot of things that got really right. But this part, this, this specific scene... Because once again, they're doing an Ocean's Eleven uh, team up where they're going and collecting the crew. Sure. And none of them are really that great. But this one specifically <laughs> was the worst. Yeah. It was the absolute worst. Because so, plot, like you said, plot wise, it makes no sense. Well, and also just to compound on that. All right. They're talking to the prince slash indentured servant. And the main character, Cora, who's played by Sofia Butella, looks at him and the thing that I didn't add or didn't include in the gamble was that if he can't do the like, can't raise the hippogriff or, or uh, tame it, then the whole crew that came to get him will now be indentured servants as well. All right. So this crew that shows up, they're like, hey, how's it going? We need you to come with us. Who the hell would be like, hey, how's it going? We need you to come with us. And some asshole old scumbag was like, you can take him if you gamble with me. It's a stupid gamble. And not only that, but if I win the gamble, you're my indentured servitude. Like, or, or you're indentured to me, right? What crew would be like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. But no, she turns to him and she's like, can you tame the hippogriff? And he's like, oh, I can tame the hippogriff. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, okay, deal. Like, what? <laughs> That's what? Dude, can I tell you I have a prediction for the next movie? Okay. I think there's going to be a love triangle between her um that guy his character's name is let me see uh Tarek. Okay. Prince Tarek and um and is it the, the Gunner the guy? guy? Uh Michael Huseman, Gunner. Yeah. Who who is kind of like honestly I feel like he kind of him and uh, Ed Skeen, the bad guy. I feel like they have the best performances in the film. I would agree. Like, I like Michael Huseman a lot. Yeah, I think he does a great job in anything I've seen him in. 
But yeah, I think there's going to be a love triangle between the three of them. I could see that. I mean, that because that would make when sense. he's flying the hippogriff, he flies over her head and she puts her hands up and touches. Oh, that's right. Feather. It's so stupid. So that whole that whole scene, they uh, wasted. They ate up so much time <laughs> doing yeah, this really dumb did. scene of him flying with the stupid, the stupid bird monster. Yep. Yeah. So pacing's not great. Storyline. Do you know what this is? You've kind of given a couple of analogies as far as what the storyline is. This is just Seven Samurai in space. Okay, I've not seen... We've talked about this before. I haven't seen Seven Samurai. Okay, so Seven Samurai. Tell me if this sounds familiar. There is a village of farmers. A warlord and his army show up to the village and say, you need to feed us. We will give you X amount of time. We're going to come back and you need to give us this amount of grain. Rice in this scenario. And the village goes, but if we give you that much rice, we won't be able to survive the winter. And they say, I don't care. And then they leave and they give them that time frame. And then somebody from the village goes and is like, we need to fight off the warlord. So they travel to different regions and get samurai from different locations. Seven of them. Seven of them, yeah. To come back and fight the warlord. That's the tale of Seven Samurai. It was repeated in The Magnificent Seven. Okay. So that movie, they just put a cowboy skin on that tale. Um, it was also repeated in A Bug's Life. <laughs> what a good movie. Yeah. Which was a, an amazing epiphany that I had when I realized that A Bug's Life was just the Seven Samurai, just Disneyfied. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. They go off to find warriors, or Flick goes off to find warriors, but instead he finds circus bugs. Yeah. Well, and I don't hate that, because I think that can that's done very, you know what I mean? If Yeah, so this is just the Seven Samurai in space. Where you take a really great story that's already been told. It's just like The Lion King is just Hamlet. Yeah. Um. So it... I'm fi- I'm fine with that, but I did I did not realize just because I haven't seen the Seven Samurai. Yeah, but then I think it's smart. You take a a classic tale. Yeah, like you that. take a classic tale and reskin it into something that's sure uh, more palatable for like a modern day audience. Yeah, I would see. I mean, let Treasure Planet. I thought was a great animated film that was based off of Treasure Island, mm-hmm. right? Like the old narrative classic. Yeah, it can be done in a very good way. Yeah. Yeah, no, and which is kind of only more disappointing is like you have <laughs> if you're just taking this tale that's been done. Yeah. It it does kind of shift into its own thing as it goes yeah. on. But as far as like what set the plot of how it's setting it up. Yeah. Yeah, cuz that's all that they're doing is they're just going down and they're like, "Hey, you hate the uh the mother world, which also, can we talk about the space Nazis?" Like, how on the nose these stupid space Nazis were. Well, and once again, this was meant to be a Star Wars film. It was obviously meant to be the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. And... But I'm pretty sure that they just pulled World War II, like, regalia and uniforms. Dude, I mean, that's a great look, though. It is a great look. It's Hugo Boss, dude. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what you... It's a great look. That's a timeless... Awesome look. You no say what you will say what you will about yeah. the Nazis. They they looked they knew how to dress. Yeah, they looked sharp. They did look sharp. <laughs> Admittedly, I I'll, I'm with you there. Yeah. So a- anyway, man, I wanted I wanted to like this movie. 
Yeah, I really did. Dude, I'm right there with you. I was very excited when I watched the trailer. Yeah. And actually watching the movie was pretty disappointing. It really was. As far as what I actually got. Mm -hmm. And once again, and a lot of that comes from, I think there are a lot of things that are really cool about this, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of overshadowed by a lot of the bad stuff. Mm hmm. How do you feel? So, what are some of the things you did like, or do you want to talk about? Like, we can keep talking about some of more of the characters as and the plot. Um, I mean, I enjoyed the visuals. I thought it was a very pretty movie. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's slow mo trait doesn't really offend me at all. I think it's kind of neat to see things in slow mo because yeah. it like really lets me, I don't know, appreciate the action shot. Sure. So yeah. to speak. Um, so visually, I liked it. I do think that the world building is kind of cool, but I feel like it's, you know, a mile wide and a foot deep type of thing right sure. now. And I would like it to be a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, I really liked that spider lady on whatever yeah. world. Dude, that's what I was about to say. One of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And... Once again, I wish we had more to it. Yeah. But yeah, that scene you get, uh, her name is, the actress is Baiduna. She plays Nemesis. Okay. Which also is just a badass name for yeah. a character. Yeah, it's a great But name. dude, I love Nemesis. She's a dual-wielding uh, ninja, basically. And mm-hmm. they're almost, and her swords turn into essentially lightsabers. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a great scene. Once again, it kind of rushes through it. It absolutely did. Like, they give you very little context. Yeah. And then kind of just give you a dialogue dump from the spider lady. Yeah. Saying that they, like, destroyed the air or something like yeah, that. They polluted it's like the a cobalt. It's a cobalt mine, and so yeah. they're digging up all the cobalt, and she's breathing it in, and, yeah, and so her, her and her babies are... So she's stealing... Like, you could do a 30-minute plot line. Absolutely of on that. Them getting to this world, yeah. and this there's these kids going missing, and they're trying to figure it out. But instead, you're just dropped right in, and they're like, "Hey," and she's like, "Hey, come with me. I got something to deal with." Yeah. And she goes and talks to the spider lady and fights her, and they just wa- they all just stand there and watch. By the <laughs> yeah. way, they want this girl to help her, and they just stand there and watch as she fights this spider monster. Mm-hmm. Such a cool scene and such a cool little plot line. Yep. Could have been and, a lot better if yeah, they just they expanded just on it. Yeah, and they Instead, we got 10 minutes of him riding a fucking hippogriff. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> well, they wanted that Harry Potter and, moment in there, I think. And she's such a cooler character. Yeah. She's such a better character, and that plot line is so much cooler than, let's gamble to see if you can tame <laughs> this beast. Like, shut up. Yeah. Let's see the late, like, it's a sci-fi movie sci-fi action movie let's see the lady chopping up a spider monster with swords yeah give me a 10 minute fight of that give me more of that yeah. instead of a guy bonding with a beast yeah like what yeah. what are we doing because they could have met they could have met whatever that character's name is i forget her name in this uh, uh who the the samurai oh, sword. Nemesis. oh yeah, yeah yeah nemesis so like they could have met her and she could have been like yeah I would love to help you, but I'm in the middle of tracking down this child. Like this child has gone missing. Yeah. It's a, it's like the fifth one this month type of thing. And then it takes her 10 seconds to figure it out. Right, well, <laughs> what I'm saying is it could have been better if they would have been like actually helping with the investigation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. 
Because that would have ingratiated them. Because why she even end up going with them? Yeah. They did nothing to help. They just stood there and watched while she fought <laughs> this monster. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess, too, uh, just to kind of talk about the breakneck pace of here's a character, here's a character, here's a character. You never really get to see them interact with each other much as a team. Exactly. Until like all. the very end. Yeah. But at that point. I don't really feel like they are actually a team. Yeah, no, exactly. They, it's a team-up movie where they rushed through the part of them teaming up. Yeah. Because the main character, Korra, which, here's the thing. I think you have a lot of good characters. This could be a great ensemble It could be. fucking story. Sure. They give, like, half of the movie goes to Korra's story, which is a very cool story. Sure. But... You can't do that and also have an ensemble cast of this team you want to build. Yeah. you Like, it just doesn't... Well, that's true, because her backstory takes up a lot of time as well. It as... takes a lot of it, and I think it's good, and I think it's rich, and I think there's a lot of cool stuff there. But, because, like, that's an awesome story of, like, this person who was a tr- who was adopted by an evil warlord because she was willing to kill him, and he's like, she's badass. Yeah. I like this girl. And so he takes her under her wing and she becomes this ultimate killer for him. Yep. And then she sees through the the like the beauty of this little girl who has the ability to like bring life back into the world. She sees like, oh, my evil ways or maybe that isn't the way. And she has a genuine change of heart. That's an incredible story arc. I would agree. But. But. You. Like, if you just give us that, we don't give a shit about the other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just pick what you want to be. Like, do we need a team up or are we just telling her story? I think either one is fine, but you okay. got to you got to pick a lane. So, yeah. So you feel like they didn't dedicate enough to either one yeah. of those. Because look at like uh, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Peter Quill is an an awesome character. Mm-hmm. But you don't really get they waited until the second movie sure, to, to really give you his backstory. They just let mm-hmm. you love the character first. And then we're like, OK, now we're going to dig more into him. Like they gave yeah. you context clues. Sure. Through good dialogue mm-hmm. and good storytelling and let you let him kind of like exist in the world. Yeah. And then in the second movie was basically like his backstory. Yeah. Well, they could have done something much I think similar to that. I would agree. This. Yeah. Yeah. It, you're right. Cause in the first guardians movie, they give you enough backstory for Peter Quill to understand why there's a human in space. Uh huh. But then right. they, but they also make room for the other characters. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that's what I feel like my biggest issue with this is like, is it, is it her story or is it the team story? Cause it feels like it wants to be the team story, but it's trying to be mostly her story. Yeah, I could see that. Which uh, maybe that is, once again, maybe it really is a Star Wars movie because that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what they did with Luke Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> where, I, I, I mean, I think that does a, I mean, those are classic films. I think some of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. I think they were. But but it's definitely the Luke Skywalker story and everybody else. Sure. Kind of exists in the world. Yeah. And I think this just isn't done as well as that. I would agree. Yeah. What, so um, did you take notice to who the king was in this movie? 
I did not. No. Dude, it was freaking Robin of Loxley from Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> Wait, what, dude? That's yeah, a, Carrie. Uh, I forget. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Cut. It's like Elwes or e, it's E L W E S. Oh, I can see his face. Yeah, yeah. So he was also in. Um, he's an amazing. He was in the Princess Bride. He's like. He's we the main about guy. This, like, I know that you haven't seen the Princess Bride. I, seen it, I, don't so I don't know why know. you haven't seen the Princess Bride, but he's the main guy in the Princess Bride. Um, he's the he's Robin Hood in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, well, great movie. Yeah, he's also uh, the stepdad. This is another movie that is one of my personal favorites. But he's the stepdad in Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. Oh man, another incredible movie. I haven't yeah. seen that in so long. Oh, such a good one. So I saw that and I'm like. Holy shit, that's him. Like he's he's been in all these yeah, classics. I did not he pick just, that up. Yeah, no. he's just got this tiny little role. But it's just in a flashback setting. So uh, yeah. It was it was kind of neat seeing him. That made me smile a little bit. I did yeah. enjoy that. <laughs> uh what else did I enjoy? Um I man, I wish that I had more to say about what I enjoyed. I about like this Charlie Hoonan's character. I th- yeah, that's true. I liked him. Like said, like I agree. I think his accent's a little bit weird. Oh, I, I I'm sorry. I'm I'm not Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was thinking about Gunner. Okay, liked, yeah. No, I, I like Gunner a lot. I liked yeah. the character Gunner. I I wanted to like Charlie Hunter's Hunnam's character Kai. I wanted to like you know everything I, that I've seen Charlie Hunnam in other than Sons of Anarchy. I have not liked. Agreed. Yep. I, I enjoyed Sons like, of Anarchy, but everything else that I've seen him in, I haven't really cared for. At yeah, least I haven't I cared for his role. Like I said, I don't, I like the character archetype he played. Yeah. Like I felt like he did a good job. He felt like a greasy scumbag. Sure. Which was pretty good. Like, yeah, the accent was a little bit off and uh-huh. there were a number like, but once again, it's like he doesn't write the dialogue. He just, yeah. You know, you know he, works he doesn't with what he's decide got. what cut, they're going to use who decided to tell him to have I an think Irish the accent character <laughs> like just what? if you're English just use your English accent right you're in space dude like and it's not like they were on a planet where everybody has that accent nobody had that accent in that movie except <laughs> yeah. him what was the point of the accent especially oh if oh oh also the guy who played the the other one you did like uh Gunner yeah Michael Holzman. Yes. Do you realize, do you know what he's from? No idea. Game of Thrones. Okay. Okay. So when Daenerys goes across the sea. Oh, okay. There was a character who was essentially her fuck boy. Yeah. Who pledged his, he was a soldier who like pledged his life to her. Yes. Who was recast. recast. Yeah. Yeah. He was the recast. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought he, I mean, he did a good job in that. Like that. Yeah. I love, that's one of my favorite characters from that show yeah. because of I think he's an incredible, uh, I think he's a great act, great character actor. Yeah. Uh, Dario something. Dario something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fantasy. From some Game of ass, Thrones. Yeah. Some, some dumbass. Some made up name. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> anyway, we're, that's, that's my general sentiment of this film is, <sighs> Just why did you make the decisions that you made? <laughs> yeah. You you could have had something amazing. You really could have. I get it. I love Nemesis. I think that's an awesome character. Didn't get enough space. Uh honestly, Titus, the 
G- Demon. Uh huh. Um, I love that guy in anything else I've seen him in. I don't know if he had like more than five lines in this movie. Yeah, they basically come across him and he's like, in at like this coliseum arena. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, you want to come fight?" And he's like, "Yeah, I guess so." Yeah, they're, they're and like, he's like, "Don't talk about the war. <laughs> like, don't talk about one. Don't call me general." That's his whole art. That's his whole like character arc is don't call me general because he's yeah like a disgraced general yeah and then there's there's an awesome line from cora sophia batella's character where she like slaps him she's like i do not want your pity and then that's it yeah oh man there is so many things uh action scenes though i think the action is great i would i think say um, yeah it's not bad i, I think cora's the scenes with her the action scenes where first she the first really good action scene you get is she is fighting. Um, there's a group of soldiers that take over this town and they're essentially going to, uh, you know, sexually abuse this girl in the town. And mm-hmm. she just fucks them up, which is always a gratifying like kind of story. Sure. Because they're pretty awful. They're like, yeah, they're terrible. They deserve to be killed. Mm-hmm. And she just goes full Terminator and just fucks them up. Yeah. Like that's when you get to see, oh, she's like. A badass. She's sure. She's Neo. She's the one. She is. Yeah. She, the she's the top of the top. I love that scene. I think it's great. Uh, the the final act, the final fight scene where the ship is coming down. Sure. And her and uh, uh, Charlie Skeen's character mm-hmm. are fighting. I think I think there's a lot of great action scenes. Also, there's a scene where she's like a slow motion scene with her running. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. There's some flopping going on. And I'm like, nice. That's pretty good scene. <laughs> yeah. She's wearing like a tank top and she's running. And okay. Like, and it's in slow motion. And I'm like, this, this scene's for the guys. <laughs> I'm into this one. Um, oh, but yeah, no, genuinely, I think the action, the action is really great. Visually. I think it's beautiful. Sure. Um, I think there's a, the, Fight scene with the spider and Nemesis. I thought that looked pretty cool. Fucking awesome. Yeah. There's some cool technology stuff where uh, they kind of do a Darth Vader thing with the bad guy at the end where he's pretty much laying on the ground dead and they pick him up and like bring him back to life. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and there's this weird scene where he like they plug his consciousness into the consciousness of her father. Yeah. And so I was like, that's kind of cool. I think there's a lot of cool stuff. The robot. The robot Dude, was awesome. I love the robot. And I wanted the, to see more. Of I love that plot point of that. All these robots were the defenders of the king. And then the king was overthrown and they laid down their arms and vowed that they would never commit violence again. Yeah. They just become pacifists. Except for the one girl who was kind to him and put flowers on his head. Yeah. And. He kind of sees. And he was like, you remind me of the princess mm-hmm. who who died. And when it gets to the fight scene in the barn in the beginning, they're like, the guy tells him, kill these rebels, kill these people. And he shoots the guy who's yeah. holding that girl hostage. The way that that was done, actually, I really enjoyed because he picked up the gun like he was contemplating he wasn't holding it the way that you would hold a gun to yeah, fire holding it. it sideways yeah. yeah he was he was holding it in both of his hands and looking at it and then he just looked at them and shot it from that angle which i thought was kind of cool because i was like oh shit he you know, like that was kind of <laughs> yeah. it was unexpected <laughs> yeah exactly and then what's hilarious is he just kind of runs off he's like ah, and he runs <laughs> off dude 
Okay, <laughs> here's, no, here's my second biggest thing with this movie. Okay. Is that's an awesome character. Mm-hmm. You don't see him again until the end of the movie when they come back to the village. Yeah. And now he's wearing like a crown of like elks, like yeah, deer antlers. or elk antlers. Mm-hmm. And you just see him standing there watching them. And that's the close of the movie. And it's like, I'm assuming he's going to play a bigger role in the next film, which I'm excited about because I like that character. But it's like, why would you end with <laughs> that? Yeah. With that guy. Like he played. I, I guess an important role looks good in the previews, man. He I, played I an important role, reason. but like, I don't know. I thought, so that was another one where I'm like, you set up a really cool plot point and then just, uh, you could have expanded on it more. Yeah. And I'm hoping in this, cause I'm going to watch the second one. Yeah, I will too. Um, cause once again, I like what they're doing. I like what Snyder did with this. I think it's one of those right intention, wrong moves. I think it was a cool thing that he tried to do. I think the execution was lacking and maybe it wasn't his decision to cut it into a two hour film. And yeah. that's why they're going to release a three hour film. I mean, so I won't lay the blame necessarily at Zack Snyder, but I, I think there is definitely more that could have been done with this. I would agree. And then, and if they're going to do that and they'll probably do the same thing with the next one, which is really, and annoying. if you end up with like a six hour long like bit of content, why not just make a fucking a mini series? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. So I'm with you. So yeah, that's kind of, let's, let's do ratings, mm -hmm. whatever you can pick the scale. Oh man. Well, we need to do one to, you know what? Let's do one to six, not lightsaber swords. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because we figure this is going to be six hours in total at the end yeah, of once both get, Snyder once cuts. You, once you get the, Snyder, the double Snyder cut. <laughs> Dude, that had to have been a marketing decision. You, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, on a scale of one to six, probably like a three. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm in the middle and I kind of want to wait to see what the rest of the story tells. Yeah. Or what happens in it. Because there's so much about this I want to like. And I really like, but then at the same time, it's just kind of overshadowed by poor acting and a story that is feels cobbled together and yeah. smushed like an accordion. Yeah, like, that's yeah. That, just technically, there there are just a lot of things with the story and the dialogue and the acting that are technically flawed that makes this a tough watch. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome idea. Because sure. I love sci-fi. I'm a sci-fi guy. Yeah, I am too. I'm right there with you. And this just didn't hit the mark in a, in a lot of spots. So that that's my feeling on it. Yeah, I am probably going to be, so out of six, you said three? Mm -hmm. Man, if I go to two, that's going to sound real bad. Um, I'll... Well, it's out of six. So. Yeah, I'll do two and a half out of six. In this scenario, I, again, I'm, I wanted to like it. It was definitely overshadowed by a number of flaws. I think that the bones could be really good of a narrative here, mm -hmm. but it was too rushed and, you know, compounded with all the other issues that we've yeah. talked about. Yeah. I think if you look at it as a watchable movie, it probably like a one out of six, honestly, like, I don't think, I don't want to rewatch this. Yeah. I don't. 
I'm going to watch mean, the Snyder Cut yeah, when it comes they, out. Yeah, they do the longer cut. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, but I don't have any desire but to rewatch I'm, this. I'm, I'm genuinely not excited about it, but I will. I don't think I'll ever rewatch this. Yeah. I, I really don't. Like, Would not I recommend. Fell I watched this because when you recommended this to me, you were mm-hmm. like, have you seen this? And I was like, I watched like the first like 30 minutes of it. Yeah. And I made it through maybe like an hour, actually. Okay. But in any case, the first time I watched it, I fell asleep. Watching it a second time for the show, I fell asleep again. <laughs> Jeez. I'm like, that's not, I, I just don't think that's a good sign. Yeah. I, that's I not, hear you. You can't really. Like, I hear you. I just, it just doesn't capture my interest because there's things that upset me and I'm like, well, now I'm disinterested. Yeah. So. All right. Well, there is our negative Nancy bit for the <laughs> evening. <laughs> We we were pretty harsh on this movie. Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, are we a little bit too down in the dumps on this film? Is it Zack Snyder's best piece of work of all time? I would fight you to the death on that. But, you know, maybe some people think that that's the case. Um, so let us know what you think. Rebel Moon on Netflix. You can get a hold of us through various means you can find us on instagram at get Wreck podcast you can find us on threads for some reason <laughs> <laughs> you can also send us an email at get wrecked pod mm-hmm. at gmail.com that's g-i-t-r-e-c-d-p-o-d at gmail.com yeah, yeah um you can also find us on a fledgling facebook so Send us a recommendation. If you have a better version of Seven Samurai, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Because that film has been done to death. So give me another version of it, even if it's something as silly as A Bug's Life. We've already seen Bug's Life. Don't recommend Bug's Life. Thor, have you seen Bug's Life? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. So we've already seen Bug's Life. Do you prefer Bug's Life or Ants? Oh, Bug's Life. A hundred percent. Yeah, Ants was a weird... Although, you know what? I haven't watched Ants... As an adult. Pretty sure Ants is like a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, Ants is one of those movies where I feel like I probably would have enjoyed it more as an adult. I think that there were a lot more adult things in Ants. Quite possibly, yeah. But I'd never watched Ants more than once when it came out. So, anyway. um, Yeah, get a hold of us. Thor, what are we getting into next week? All right, I'm going to give you one. I think I think you're going to like this. Okay, all right. So I'm going to give you a documentary. It's available on Hulu. It's a okay. music documentary. Okay. So I've been, like, honestly, like, the last couple months, I've become, like, genuinely obsessed with the Beatles. Okay. <laughs> and I just need to talk about them. So I have a documentary for you to watch. It's directed by Ron Howard. It's from 2016, I believe. Okay. And the documentary is called Eight Days a Week. And it's just a Beatles documentary. And it is specifically the touring years. All right. So I know your your thing with the Beatles is you're, you don't hate them, but you just don't like the stuff where they started getting psychedelic and kind of really experimental. Yeah, that wasn't for me. I really like the Mophead Beatles era. Yeah. I really like eight, eight Days a Week is a great song. Yeah. So the touring years was pretty much those albums, those first, uh, okay. the first four or five albums okay. was when they were still making more traditional like pop and rock, rock and roll music. Yeah. 
And then once they kind of stopped touring, they started really just doing studio stuff. And that's when they started getting really experimental. Okay. And I think there is a lot to those albums, and I think they're really good. But honestly, in the last couple months, I've also found myself really kind of being with you in that, like, although I appreciate and respect the experimental stuff. Sure. And I mean, it's obviously historically so important for what it did for music. Yeah. As far as what I want to just listen to, it's a lot of the first couple albums. So Eight Days a Week really just follows the years when they were touring. Okay. Because eventually they just stopped touring because it got too crazy. They were too famous. Yeah. And they didn't enjoy it anymore. Well, they and were they were one of the like first massively famous international bands, weren't they? Yeah, it was pretty much Elvis and then the Beatles. Yeah. So Eight Days a Week follows primarily... The air, the years from like 1962 to like 1966. Okay, um, sounds like fun. And I gen, I think it's an it's an awesome documentary. Once again, it's directed by Ron Howard, and so it's going to be kind of like a music slash movie recommendation. I'm all um, about it, but but I think it's a the thing I think people our age is sometimes we don't necessarily understand exactly how huge the Beatles were and exactly why. Yeah, I could see that. I think this gives a really good glimpse into what was so magic and special about them. On top of the fact that they wrote just incredible music for a solid eight years. Yeah, okay. But it also kind of like the the social aspect of what made them so incredibly famous and popular. All right. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. So eight days a week on Hulu. That's what we're getting into next week, folks. So, uh, in eight days, we'll see you later. <laughs> oh, well, seven days, but... We're going to throw in that eighth day. <laughs> All right, but we'll slip it in between Monday and Tuesday. We're doing recommendations eight days a week, Eight folks. days a week, yep. Uh, okay, so, until next time, folks. As always. You get wrecked out there. Stay wrecked. Uh, what do you think about the legend that McCartney's actually dead? We've talked about this before. I don't agree to it. It's dumb. Don't-